Good morning, everybody. How are we doing? Well, there was a little technical hitch that even happens to the best of us. Um, but uh, welcome to this morning. I hope you're having a great morning so far. Thanks so much to uh, Sam and Tim for leading us this far. It's just super exciting to be able to share this morning a few of the thoughts that I have. And um, <clears throat> in a moment, we're going to step into a time of, you know, just prayer and we're going to pray for our city as well. But um, at the moment, yeah, Tim, Tim was absolutely right. Today is EQ5 or Equip5. And uh, I look forward to sharing this uh, with you. But I just want to let you know what's coming up. Hey, today I'm going to be able to give you and equip you in the chat, in uh, Facebook, and hopefully uh, perhaps the YouTube feed as well, we're going to be able to share with you a key scripture document, of which I'm going to talk a little bit later as well. And uh, we're going to be talking about leadership. We're going to be talking about what it is to learn in the Word as well. So uh, get ready. I hope you've got your notepad ready, your pen ready as well, that uh, you're going to be able to take a lot from today also. So my name's Huston Matt. I'm the lead pastor here at Manningham and uh, I can't wait to share this message with you. John Maxwell said these words. He said, leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. Another great leader, Craig Rochelle, said, great leaders first learn to lead themselves well. Great leaders first learn to lead themselves well. Well, so we spoke about that a lot last week and uh, last week was uh, important as we tried to, uh, um, uh, as I uh, tried to help you step into that place and step into that moment of knowing how to lead yourself well. And as you lead yourself well, you actually begin to lead others really well as well. So well, I've mentioned John Maxwell, I've mentioned Craig Gashell and the important, most important leader that we can celebrate today is Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus has said this about prayer. He said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, he said, but when you, uh, but, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who is in the secret place and your father who is in secret will reward you openly. And see, last week we talked about in Equip 4, we talked about the importance of being able to lead yourself well. And that's what Jesus was saying. Is He said, it's more important to focus on what you're doing in the quiet places. It's more important to focus upon um, uh, what's happening within you as well as leading others. Because if you can't, if you can't lead yourself well, you can't lead others well. And so prayer and leadership go hand in hand. You can put your hands together like this and they say they go hand in hand. If you find yourself of needing a position of needing change in your life, it starts and ends with personal leadership. It starts and ends with personal leadership. If you want change, only you can lead it. Nobody else is going to be able to lead that well. It's not your husband, it's not your wife, it's not your spouse, it's not your kids, it's not your parent, it's, not, it's, it's no one else, but it comes back to you because you carry the responsibility for it. So it says this, it says, first go to your heavenly father in prayer. So that is what we must do. We must first 
first, if we're to show good personal leadership, good change within our own life, great change, and, and that's what Equip Four is all about, helping people step into that um, position of personal change, it says that first go to your heavenly Father in prayer. Wait on Him. Lead yourself well into that, and He will allow the influence of others as you inspire others to go also to him first. And that's what influence is all about. You see, that is why Jesus went first. Go to your father, pray. Go to your heavenly father, pray. And then he will reward you openly in the spirit. So I would say to you that if you missed last Sunday's message, (coughs) then today it would be good to hear it before hearing this today. However, since we are live right now, I would ask that you listen to this today, but then go back to last Sunday's message and key in on that and and, and take notes because it was power packed. If we're in a time right now that our community needs great personal and corporate leadership, it is right now. Well, I think we can all agree that our community needs great leaders. I've been talking with my neighbours and, and so many people, they just said, I'm just over it. I'm just over all this. I, I want my life back. And it sometimes comes to this moment of where, hey, um, uh, we, we need to step into that area of personal leadership where we can where we can be encouraged encourage one another but also step into that ability to encourage others and so uh, i want to i'm standing here today and before we get into equip five it's really important for me to i, I felt almost burdened today you can tell that i am i am really carrying something that i want to encourage you in today it's this um often when you're preparing for a message and 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 as i'm you know getting ready and as i'm in prayer often at the beginning beginning as you begin to preach as you as you begin to share i've got so much on my heart and my mind that i want to give to you today that i'm just so excited about it and it's this it's this If we're in that time where the community needs great personal and corporate leadership, I'm standing here to you, in front of you today, to ask you and encourage you to focus on Jesus. Stand in your faith and see the need. See the need around you. Stand in your faith and see the need in people's lives around you. Do what you can with the resources that you have, step into leading your thoughts, your words, and your actions well. I'm going to read that again. Do what you can with the resources that you have. Step into leading your thoughts, your words, and your actions well. Jesus spoke regularly to those that followed him. And he said things like this. He said, stay alert, stay switched on, stay prayerful. Because when you stay prayerful, you stay powerful. And power is not having rulership over others. You actually begin to stay powerful within yourself. Because if you believe in Jesus, then he empowers you to lead yourself well. 
This means that you know what he says and that he remains faithful to the promises that he has placed in your life. Because there are voices in this world that would want people to be fearful, scared, quiet, and timid. As Paul said to Timothy, his young trainee, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, verses, uh, verses, sorry, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 to 7, he said, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. So before I share Equip 5 with you today, I want to encourage and remind you, as a follower of Jesus, you have power. You stand in power. You walk in power. You are not powerless. You are powerful. The voices in this world that would seek to intimidate, they tell you to be small. And the voices that cause you to be afraid is not the voice and the message that Jesus would have you believe. So, back to the scripture I spoke about before. Go to your Father in heaven. Pray and do what you do in secret. Because then the promise is that the Father will reward you openly. For those of you who call Jesus Lord of your life, start praying and petitioning heaven. Believe for healing, health and wholeness. Wholeness and health in our community. Health and wholeness in this great city of Melbourne. Health and wholeness over this great nation of Australia. And health and wholeness over this great and beautiful world that our Father has created. Stand in the authority that Jesus has given you and watch what your heavenly Father will do in your own heart first and then in the hearts of those around you. Finally, I'm always encouraged by the words in Joshua chapter 1, verse 9. It says this, have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go so no matter what our community is facing no matter what is happening around us he is always with us every single time so let's pray for this city. Can we pray together? And let's join hands with the person beside you. And let's pray together. Heavenly Father, right now, we come to you in this time. We come to you in this place. Father, we step into the authority that you have given us. And Lord, right now, we tell fear to get out in the name of Jesus. Lord, we call for truth to be laid in people's hearts. 
Lord, we ask you to be our encourager. We invite you, Jesus, to lay your hand upon our lives. Lord, that as we step into great personal and corporate leadership, Lord, that we would step into being you on the earth. So right now, we lift up this city of Melbourne. We lift up the leaders of this city of Melbourne and this state of Victoria, our national leaders, all of our state leaders right now. And Lord, we ask that you would place your hand upon them. Lord, be their encourager. Be the voice of truth. And Lord, we lift up this community that we are in. And Lord, we say, peace in Jesus' name. And we invite your Holy Spirit that you would be poured out on hearts and lives all over this great nation in Jesus' name. And we all said... Amen and amen. All right. So for those who are new to church here, there may be some references and language that we might use in church that just absolutely makes no sense to you. I want to encourage you to ask questions. If you don't know what something means, then please say something, ask something. You can even put it in the chat. And I'm sure our online host would, uh, will, will be great at uh, answering that. Um, I was watching the football the other night and I heard one of the commentators making references and phrases that I had no idea what they were talking about. And, and the, the, like there was the, oh, he shanked it. And I thought, man, is, it, is he talking about cooking? Is he, 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 what's shanked? You know, if anybody was new to the game of AFL football, they'd go, what the heck was that? Did he mean to kick it out on the full? What was it? Uh, you know, uh, uh, my favourite is this one. This is a, always a bit of a laugh in our house because we heard one of the commentators say, uh, say something, well, you know, you're champions until you're not. Wow, that's insightful. Um, anyway, but uh, honestly, some of the stupid things that some people say is just incredible. When you have to talk for a living, I guess some things might come out. But anyway, if I say something that doesn't make sense, ask questions. I'm going to say this phrase often today, and it's called the word. And I want to be absolutely clear what I mean by that. When we refer to the word, we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about Jesus through uh, Jesus, Genesis, sorry, through to Revelation, which is all about Jesus. But uh, the truth is this, is that when we talk about the word, we're talking about the Bible. Okay. So um, just so that I wanted to clarify that so that if you're new here today, when I refer to the word, I'm talking about the Bible, right? So I want to share this first point with you today. Number one, it's this, the word is God's bond and promise to you. Um, most people would know that, they would believe that to some extent, but the difference is this, is that we might know it, we may have heard it a lot of times before, but what actually happens is that we don't quite know how to apply it. 
So we might say John 3.16, which uh, many people know, so for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him which should not perish but have everlasting life. And that might be true, and that's a key scripture of which a Christian or a follower of Christ believes in. But <clears throat> you might know that word, but never really be able to apply it to the doubts and fears in your life as to what does it really mean to believe in Jesus? Or how does that change my life? How does, how does it impact on the way that I live, the decisions that I make, the choices that I uh, choose? So I want to come back to this, is that if, God, if the word is God's bond and promise to you, then study is very important. Knowing the word, studying the word is not just knowing the word, it's equally being able to apply it and apply it well. You cannot call yourself a follower of Jesus without knowing what the Bible says. It is so precious and crucial in your world. Learning scripture and being a disciple of the word is crucial to your own freedom, but not only your own freedom, but the freedom of others around you. Why? Because as you begin to lead yourself well, then what uh, happens is that you actually begin to influence others well also. So if you were told that from a young age smoking is good for you, you would be more likely to begin the habit, right? You know, I remember as a kid and through primary school, it was hammered into a smoking is bad, smoking is bad, smoking is bad. And, and look, if, if you're a person who's chosen to smoke, that's entirely up to you and your choice. However, take this advertisement, for example. I hope that we'll be able to display it uh, in the, uh, on, on the screen online for you. But take this advertisement, uh, for example. <laughs> Straight from the shoulder, it says, reach, when, when tempted to overindulge, reach for a lucky instead. And you see the shadow of the guy, like he's a bit larger, he's a bit larger, um, you know, he's, uh, and yet he's, he's coming out of his, the shadow of who he was into the fit, strong man that he is. And, and, and guess what? There's a bonus. It's toasted. I mean, man... Who's toasted? The guy that gets toasted after he smokes it? Or, you know, I, I just, it's just ironic to me. And then down the bottom, if you can read the very, very small writing that's down there, it says, your throat protection against irritation, against cough. Well, if you're doing something that's irritating your throat and it's causing a cough, there's a clue there, right? There's a clue. It's not good it's it's you know i'm not saying it's a sin i'm not saying that god hates you for it but the truth is this it's not good and you can butter it up all you like it's going to have adverse effects in your life right regardless of whether it protects your throat it helps you against irritation and it helps you not to cough as much because, by the way, it's toasted. You know what I mean? It's, it's look, it's crazy. But why the heck do you need protection from something that is good for you? Because it's not good for you, okay? So, now, it's a personal choice. So the point that I'm making has nothing to do with smoking, really. The point that I'm making has everything to do with applying God's promises to our lives. You cannot apply and believe the promises of God unless you know what they are. 
And it is exactly the same in life's choices. You can do what you're told, but it may not be the right choice. It may not be the best choice. It may not be what God's promises are for your life. So it has everything to do with applying God's word and his bond and his promise to our own lives. He's faithful to fulfill those promises when we are faithful to apply them. The more you understand the Bible, the more you are equipped to live without the weight of the spirit of this world. You know, when I feel uncertain and afraid, I know that Jesus has said this about life on earth. In John chapter 16, verse 33, he says this. He says, these things I've spoken to you. So he he said, I've already told you. He's talking to his disciples. He says, I've already told you this, but I'm going to tell you again, right? He says, that in me you have peace. So in Jesus you have peace. So in other words, no matter what's happening around you, no matter what uh, uh, the media is saying, no matter what your friends are saying, no matter what your mother-in-law is saying, you're, and I love all the mother-in-laws, uh, no matter what people are saying in and around your life, in Jesus, when you stay in him, when you stay in his word, there is always peace to be experienced and found, right? And then he goes on to say, he says, Jesus says this, in the world you will have and find tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. So if, if the word of God is his bond and promise to you, then There are keys throughout the word that help us step into that place of finding peace, no matter what is happening. There are things that each of us struggles with that if we would only learn what the Bible says and know how to apply it, you would realize how much more freedom, connection and relationship you would have with God. Not only with the Lord, but with others also in your life. And listen, I'm not talking, when we talk about studying the word, I'm not talking about ministry. I'm not talking about being called a pastor or anything like that. I'm talking about simply knowing and following Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. So, let me share a story with you. God's word is his bond with us. There's this story about a British prisoner of war, POW. His name was Captain Robert Campbell. He was a British POW captured by Germany Germany during the World World War I. When uh, Captain Robert Campbell's mother became gravely ill, he begged to visit her. He promised Kaiser Wilhelm II that... If he would be allowed to leave captivity and see his mother, he would voluntarily return to be imprisoned again. Believe it or not, Campbell was granted his request and being such a man of his word, though he could have easily decided to take the easy route and not return, he came back, he kept his promise and he returned into captivity as a prisoner of war. Remarkable. 
I'm not sure that I would make that choice. But this man was a man of his word. His word was his bond. I'd love to see that in some of our leaders today. His word is his bond. God's word is his bond with us. God's word is trustworthy. When he promises something, he is on a bound to fulfill his promise because his word is his bond. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20 says this, For all the promises of God in him are yes, and in him being Jesus, amen. To the glory of God through us. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3 says this, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. Are you feeling encouraged yet from the word? I am. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. Faithful. So, Number one, his word is his bond and it is his promise to us. Now, to recognize his voice, sometimes, you know, some, some people say to me, Matthew, I just, I just can't hear the voice of God. I just, you know, and some people hear an audible voice. Some people hear a, 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 a you know, a, voice, a quiet, still voice in their heart. It might be a prompting or it might be something different. But, but uh, <clears throat> I think... The first step to hearing God's voice is to know his word. You cannot recognize his voice without knowing his word. Why? Because so many different thoughts may come into our heart and so many different thoughts may race through our mind. How do we know what ones are promptings from God and what ones are our own thoughts or even the thoughts of others? I want you to consider this. Consider the relationship between a herd of sheep and their shepherd. Now, most of us have never cared for sheep. Most of us have never had to live a rural life. But there is such an incredible connection between a shepherd and the sheep. And we think lamb chops. You know, it's more of a connection than just lamb chops, right? You see, a shepherd guides nourishes and protects the sheep of his flock. The role of the sheep is one of response. So if the sheep don't respond to the shepherd's voice, what happens? Those sheep can find themselves malnourished, exposed and unprotected. When their shepherd calls, they listen. When he leads them to green and grassy pastures, they eat. When a wolf or a thief attempts to overtake them, they are dependent upon their shepherd's efforts to protect them and lead them into safety. Our relationship with Jesus is the same. He calls us. He gives us all we need and keeps us from evil. Our job is simply to know and follow his voice. In trying to hear Jesus, we should continually run to the Bible. God gave us his word so we could know him and his voice. Let me show you something extraordinary right now. Well, look, it's extraordinary to me, right? This is my very, very 
first Bible. You'll see it here, the children's living Bible. There's all sorts of cool little stickers all over it. You know, I wrote in the side, he is, I don't know what the dash is in the he. He is alive. You know, there's all sorts of little messages on the back. And I'll, I'll open it up and, oh, it might be at the, yeah, it's at the front. This Bible is presented to Matthew James Wyatt by Dad and Mum with Our Love. 18th of July, 1984. I need to get a T-shirt with 1984 on it because it's so old, right? For my seventh birthday, and I've got lots of, you know, little writings and, and all sorts of things in there. Now, this Bible, even though it says children's Bible, the only thing that's childlike about it, apart from all the scribble, are some of the pictures, the Bible is filled, and particularly this one, nothing was taken out, nothing was censored. I remember reading it as a kid going, what the heck is that? Of which I now know what it was all about. Parents, if you get my drift, sometimes there can be some crazy conversations after your child reads some scripture. But then I went from that, as precious as it is and as it was, and... Here is my Bible today. And nothing much has changed. It has scribble. It has highlighted bits. It's got different bits and torn pages and, and different things all through it. Why? Because to hear God's voice, I must know this. I must consume this. To know the shepherd's voice, I must be a good sheep and come from a position of response to his voice. John Piper's Weekly, says, he said this, I quote, ask, it's in a podcast called Ask Pastor John. He tried to tackle the question of whether God still speaks verbally. The entire podcast is less than seven minutes, but he said this, and I quote, God really has spoken, <laughs> and this word is living and active. It is not a dead word. He really speaks today through the inspired scriptures. He really, really does. He really does. Not just with information, but with himself by his spirit. He speaks through the word. To know his voice, you've got to know the word. You've got to study it. Could it be that whilst God is not the origin of evil, for he is not capable of it? I know that because the word says it. Could some of the struggles you face be exactly what leads you to hear his voice? Jesus is calling you by name. You can hear his voice and he will lead you into life. Isaiah chapter 30 verse 21 says, your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Whenever you turn to the right hand or whether you turn to the left. Jeremiah 33 3, call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Man, who wants that? John chapter 10 verse 11 says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. 
John chapter 10 verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. John chapter 8 verse 47 says, He who is of God hears God's words. Therefore, you do not hear because you are not of God. Now that's, a, that's, a, that's not meant to be a condemning statement that Jesus is making. What he is saying is, hear the word and you will be of God. Hear his voice. Study the word. Study and know what it says. Study and know uh, what it instructs you to do. And you are a follower of Jesus Christ. You will enter into life and life abundantly, John 10.10 says. Psalm 23, a favorite by many people, says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk, and that's not, yay, though I walk, it's yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You see, a, a good shepherd had a rod and a staff. A rod to, 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 to break the jaw of wolves or, or bears or whoever would attack the sheep, and a staff to pull the sheep into line as, to direct them where they need to go. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Wow, what a promise. What a promise to sheep that the shepherd will protect and give his life for you. I'm here to say to you, he already has given his life for you. He already has given you life if you would press into his word, study it, and have faith in what he is doing. My last and third point is this. God's word is your blueprint for life. Right here is the blueprint for the church as it was some time ago. You can see it there. We can say, Pastor Matthew, it's not blue. Well, I know that. But there's been a bit of change over the years. But we could not have built without this blueprint. We could not have renovated without this blueprint. And you see, this here is something of a reference point so that we could grow, start, and develop Manningham Christian Centre. You don't know how to build your life without the right blueprint. And it is exactly the same for a building, for a building of a life, a job role, anything like that. You've got to start with a plan. The Bible, the Word, is our plan. If we were to drive to work every day and observe the daily progress of a unique building being constructed, we might be a little bit judgmental about its progress. 
When you look at people's lives, you can, even when you look back at your own life, you can go, man, I just don't feel like I've developed that much. I just don't feel like I've, you know, I, I've grown in this area or I haven't developed here. Hey, you know, be cool. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good, okay? Because of this, our lack of ability to see the blueprints that God has written in our own hearts and lives often makes us doubt whether our lives will ever be finished being built. We can tend to act like that too when we can't see what God is doing in our lives. You see, without answers, we tend to object to the process that we're going through. N.T. Wright describes partnering between believers and God through describing a stonemason working on a part of a great cathedral. And I've used this story before, but allow me to indulge in that again. This particular worker is not building a cathedral. One stonemason is not building the entire cathedral. They are enacting the plans of someone else. And they are focused on their small part to play. You see, as we open the word, we start to see a small picture of the total blueprint for our life. They aren't building their own miniature cathedral. We're not building just our own lives. And we're not going to throw out the designer's plans in favor of our own. What it is, is that stonemason is contributing in some small way to a project much far greater than themselves. They are not themselves building the cathedral. But they are building for the cathedral. And when the cathedral is complete, their work will be enhanced, ennobled, and it will mean much more than it could have meant as they were chiseling it and shaping it down in the stonemason's yard. How do we apply that? Well, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Jeremiah 29, 11, that so many of us know and love so well. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Philippians chapter 1 Verse 6, it says, being confident of this very one thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Psalm 138 verse 8 says, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. In other words... I am the work of his hands. You are the work of his hands. He will never leave you nor forsake you. He will always continue to show mercies every single day. That so often his workmanship, we think that being his workmanship when we sin or when we mess up or we don't do things right or don't do things that we know that we should, we think we are immediately disqualified from his grace. But no, this scripture says very clearly, clearly that your mercy O Lord endures forever that we can go to him that he is merciful and he is faithful to complete this work I love chapter 8 of Romans in verse 28 and it says and we know 
that all things work together for good for those who love God. To those who are called, sorry, to those who are the called according to his purpose. Friends, I'm here to tell you that no matter what you face, God's going to turn it around. When you study his word, when you press into the words that he speaks to you, the way in which it, it, it can be applied to your life is just so precious. There are lots of different tools. The Bible app, you heard Sam and Tim talk about it a little bit earlier on. But I want to give you a tool and a free resource that, that we want to make available to you today. This free resource, I, I, I would ask our online team to post this in. It's key scriptures that is going to be a, a resource to you when you face things like that, that, that may look like heartache or it, it may be grief or you may be sad or need an encouragement. You, you may need healing and, and, and it's all great to ask people to pray and, and that's all very necessary. But often what is more necessary is that for us to understand the promise of, of God first, that he is healing us, that he is uh, uh, for us, because so often we can start to believe lies and that fear would seek to intimidate us. So hopefully that's been able to be posted into the feed and and I hope that that can take place for you. I hope you find that faithful. I hope you find that useful. It's a free resource that we want to share with you. And it's up there now. You're going to be able to download that, print it, put it up on the bathroom wall, up on the bathroom mirror. And look up those key scriptures that will be important for you. Today, yes, is all about Equip 5. Equip 5 is encouraging you to study his word. And we want to recommend, I want to recommend to you that a great way to study his word, you can do it formally or informally through CRC training. CRC is the denomination that we are a part of and and uh, the training is the entire uh, department and staff that are there to support you in helping you learn not only how to study the word, but also how to apply it. In this resource that we've just po posted for you, you, you may never have known that there was these scriptures available that will encourage you, that will help you, that will help you stand in your own authority that you need not be intimidated by fear. You need not be intimidated by what's happening in the world as real as it is. Friends, I hope that today's been helpful to you. I want to encourage you. You can go to our website. You can check out CRC training. You can be part of our internship program. But Equip 5, I want to encourage you that you would consider that having completed Equip 4, which is the leadership hour, which is one hour every two weeks, gathering together with a group of leaders online, encouraging one another, 
reading and listening to the right resources, that once you've done that, that you would take on Equip 5. You may even just skip Equip 4 and jump in and say, Pastor Matt, I want to jump into Equip 5. I want to know how to study the Word. I want to get some formal training. I want to mix with others who are doing the same. Then I want to encourage you in that as well. And we've got a special message now from uh, Pastor Aaron Ruth, who was also equipped and trained through Manningham Christian Centre and CRC Training. And she now works with CRC Training. And uh, she's got a special message just for us. So please take a look. 